another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin, and we are talking about week two in college football and even a little bit of week one of the NFL, Colin. Yeah, that's right. We are bringing in the new segment, All Grown Up. We're going to bring debut. back the 2023 campers, but we got to talk about the guys first, man. Listen, I'm very excited to bring All Grown Up into Camp Dynasty. It's been over a year in the making, waiting for this moment to be able to talk about familiar faces that have graduated to the NFL. It was a very exciting weekend watching those players. Uh, but let's not forget that Camp Dynasty is and will always be about the next class. And so we're going to get a lot of week two college action. We got four badges each to hand out. Might even smuggle a few extra names in Colin we're already talking about pulling a little Han Solo action getting some extra names in because it was another very very fun week of college football yeah you know we we go through the list of guys that we want to talk about and it's like man I kind of want to talk about this guy too and I was like we could find a way we'll find you a know way. maybe not give a badge but we'll find a way so uh yeah we'll we'll find a way no matter what we, 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 we will a good feeling about this but so to start us off, first of all, we did the official flip of a metal physical coin again. And once again, <laughs> I lost the toss. So now there's now there's questions about the the coin, the physical coin. Right. We might have to bring AI back into the equation all here. Right. But <laughs> all right. There was no doubt, Colin, when whoever won the first pick of the week two badge draft who that person was going to pick and you have the honors my friend yeah it was going to be marvin harrison jr all the way i mean 160 yards seven catches 13 targets two touchdowns most of that was in two quarters he had the game you know last week was a little bit uh you know underwhelming and we called home we talked to uh, Mr. McCord's parents. We talked to Marvin Harrison himself. Uh, we talked to Mecca Ibuka's parents. And, you know, Marvin Harrison Sr. of Colts Legacy was like, hey, man, I, I'll talk to the kid for you. <laughs> I was going to say he picks up the phone and he was like, fuck off. <laughs> what? How'd you get this number? <laughs> yeah. yeah, what do you – no, I'm not signing an autograph. <laughs> No, uh, so yeah, Marvin came out and did the thing and he made some pretty spectacular plays like the, the Youngstown state kids that were out there looked lost. They, there was no chance in hell that any of them were going to be able to line up one-on-one -on -one against 18 and the whole time he gave him hell on the two touchdowns, he was wide open on the first one because it, it looked like it may have been busted coverage, but it also may have been just him leaving the corner in the dust. And the second one, he just completely routed a guy one-on-one -on -one in man and had about three yards of separation before he made like a twisting and turning catch. And 
I mean, this is what we were waiting for. This is the guy that we put on the pedestal as Mr. 101 for this season last year. Bijan earned the moniker before the season and held on to it through the season to the 2023 draft. And we put that, we, we took the medal off of Bijan's head, put it around Marvin Harrison Jr.'s neck and said, hey man, you're the one this year. And here we are. So we, he, we saw it. Yeah, we, we, we saw, saw the, the we saw Bucks 62 touchdowns. Right. And, you know, obviously it's Youngstown State. This is a reoccurring theme in these early weeks of the season. But, I mean, we needed to see something coming out of that disaster that was the Indiana game for this team. A lot of question marks about Kyle McCord. A lot of, you know, weird stuff going on with these premier wide receivers that they have there. Wasn't it even Marvin Harrison Jr. himself like didn't have the best game in in that Indiana game to open the year? So you see him come out, you see this offense kind of get a pick me up game against a vastly inferior opponent, and you see what Marvin Harrison Jr. does in that type of environment. I mean, you talk about most of this production 160 yards coming in two quarters. I think most of it came in the first quarter. Yeah, yeah. Like. I mean, you put him in for this entire game, and this is you're talking about f- close to 400 yards receiving by the end of the day <laughs> against these kids. So, I mean, he is the player, and this is just a little bit of a a precursor to what will be coming down the stretch this year when they get into bigger games. It's going to be the Marvin Harrison Jr. show. It was just really exciting to finally see him kind of working some magic and by finally, I mean week two. Because yeah, yeah, we, finally. We're impatient around here. Yeah. So Marvin Harrison Jr. is getting the Mr. 101 badge. There it is. There it is. So we'll see if uh, that holds true through the 2024 rookie draft. But as of now, I mean, nobody has taken the belt. You know, he, he kind of left it hanging over the ladder. You know, waiting for somebody to get up there and grab it from him. And he decided that he was going to go up there and take it himself. Yeah. I I mean, I no one's taking it, man. You can He can take this badge. He can sew it on his little camp shirt and leave it there forever because it's never going anywhere. This That's is right. the This is the first overall pick in Dynasty. I can almost guarantee that. But Love it. I've seen some conversations, maybe irresponsible, about him being a top three dynasty receiver, but we can get into that another day. We got a lot of season left. We, yeah, we got a lot of season. We will. Get, I'm sure we will. It'll be one of those where it's like, what are we going to talk about Marvin Harrison Jr. this week? Well, <laughs> I'm sure um, we might get into that conversation later with a different player. Yeah, we might. Um, my first badge for week two is also going to a wide receiver and it's going to a wide receiver that has already earned a badge this season. And it's Keon Coleman. There it is. Uh, I mean, I came on here last week, put my hand in the air, said, you know what? I missed it. Didn't watch this player in the summer. Wasn't ready for it. Comes out, dominates against LSU in that premier Sunday night matchup last weekend. Florida state looks legit. Come out week two for Keon Coleman against a little bit of a different opponent in Southern 
miss. And, I mean, Florida State looked like they should look against this level of competition. Keon Coleman played for one half. This is, again, we're doing this. Like, how many quarters are these guys even playing at this point of the year? Most of the starters, pretty much all the Florida State starters, played for one half in this game. Keon Coleman had 48 yards on three catches and one touchdown. So you say, why the hell is he getting a badge this week? That's, you know, it's a fine game, not a great game. Well, he also had one of the highlights of the entire week, and that was the hurdle. If you haven't seen it, check it out on the right sideline. Makes a nice catch, makes a guy miss, and then hurdles another defender and almost gets his way into the end zone on that play. He got in shortly late after that play, a few plays later. But, I mean, it's just you see the athleticism that this player has at the with with the size that he has. We talk about 6'4", 215, prototypical X wide receiver playing on the outside with speed. And you see the athleticism that he demonstrates after the catch as well. This is a really, really talented player. And I mentioned last week already vaulting into my top five for the season. And, I mean, we get many more weeks like this, man, and and he won't be sitting at five. I'll just say that. I mean, the guy has made me a believer. Like, I – you have your doubts about players when you come in, especially when you hadn't watched them previously like you talked about. Uh, but then he comes in and is this electric game after game. And I mean that hot. All right. I got a, I got a thing about hurdles because you know, I know I'm an aesthetics guy. And when you hurdle somebody and you get tackled, what, what are you even doing? You know, like the hurdle that ends with you falling and you just get a couple extra yards. Good for you. You know, it ain't all that. Keon Coleman, clean. It's like he's running the hurdles. Right. He just cleared the guy and kept going. And when you land and it's smooth transition into running again, I mean, that's one of the most beautiful plays in, in the sport. In sports. Like it's teaching tape on how to do a hurdle right there. It was like <laughs> seriously. The form was incredible. <laughs> Brought the, the trail momentum. leg up and over, you know? Oh, man. So, yeah, Coleman has been wildly impressive through the beginning part of the season. And I, I mean, this FSU hype train, is just picking up steam and going and they look like a darn good football team. So, uh, if they keep this train going, if Keon Coleman can keep the, the hype train rolling, then, uh, we're going to see him go pretty high. Cause I, you know, the, the way too early mock drafts are starting to come out as they do. And Keon Coleman's in that first round pretty consistently. So yep. uh, I think others are starting to join the hype train as well. Yeah, this is – I. this won't be the last Florida State player we're talking about today. Also, there's a little teaser for there you, you because they were electrifying. And even if it was just one half of action, this is the team that there's going to be all eyes on. Uh, Coleman, by the way, I didn't even say this. I got too excited. He's getting the jump man badge for that hurdle. Yep. So 
I feel like we may have even handed out a Jumpman badge once last I think year. We gave one out that was similar last year. Somebody got a hurdle last year, and we gave out a badge for it. In a nice little collection here of past badges that's that we right. get to hand out year after year. It's kind of fun. But. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, well, Colin, we're sticking on the subject of wide receivers. It is a wide receiver heavy program today because there's a lot of good ones in college football. Uh, who is the next name we're talking about this week? So I'm going with the Washington wide receiver, Jalen McMillan. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I mean, I'm a big Romo Dunze guy, but McMillan has been really good. And like last week he had 95 and two touchdowns this week against Tulsa, 114 and a touchdown. This Washington passing game is extremely potent, and McMillan is no small part of that, making Michael Penix look like a Heisman candidate. I mean, Penix makes hell of throw, like a lot of good throws, uh, but it doesn't hurt to have, you know, two top 10 wide receivers in this class. So. Uh, Jalen McMillan is just like a 6'1", 192. He's an X receiver. He's a good route runner. Everything is very clean. I mean, I just this, – this wide receiver class is looking pretty good. It's looking like it's getting deeper as we go. Like you said, we had Keon Coleman. You know, Marvin Harrison is at the top of the group. We have a lot of the guys that we named in our top five episode. And then, you know, McMillan and – Coleman are jumping into that, you know, that conversation, let's say, to start. Uh, so we'll see where that ends up going. But, I mean, McMillan deserves to be at least a part of the conversation, given that he had almost 1,100 yards last year and he's picking up right where he left off. Yeah, I mean, I think you you start saying we're talking about a Washington wide receiver here. Obviously, Romo Dunze was a top five wide receiver in this class entering the season for both of us. And Odunze has had a fine start to the year as well. Both of these players have had a great start to this 2023 season, obviously playing with a first-round caliber quarterback like Michael Penix. With these two wide receivers, it's a lethal combination. And they're all feasting this year. And McMillan is a... is a player that we haven't really talked about here. He was one of my favorite guys that I watched over the summer in this class as a name that I think is flying a little bit under the radar just because he is the number two in this offense behind Odunze, but that is no slight to McMillan. This is one of the most potent one-two combinations in all of college football. And McMillan, you talk about him having the size, 6'1", 192, He's been primarily playing in the slot for them, and that right. is a role where he is excelling. I mean, you talk about yards after the catch with a player like this. He had 80 in this game, mm -hmm. a, a lot of plays in this game um, with the ball in his hands. So I think he's he's a player that as the season goes on, I think the the hype and the, the buildup to him as an NFL draft prospect is just going to continue to grow as Washington stays among the top teams in the country 
and we start to see you know more weeks like this piling up i mean like you said he's already got 209 yards in the two games this year um and had a amazing season last year as well so it's no new it's not a new name it's a player that's been there done that and he's on pace for maybe even a, a even better year this year yeah and he he had a nice little touchdown where you know runs a nice out road is kind of a rub route so it's not all his work getting open but the the biggest play the most exciting play that he had was a lot of run after catch and he's getting the bubble boy award <laughs> because he ran that bubble screen uh catches it and that's where he's getting his yak work like you said he's out of the slot they're throwing him in motion and then they're doing those rpos where they punch it out to him and let him run after the catch uh and that's what he did this game he had about 60 yards on one play where he made a few guys miss um and didn't quite make it into the end zone but ended up getting rewarded later on in the game on that little out route where he made another guy miss so bubble boy Jalen McMillan. That kind of sounds it sounds like a slight when I say it. <laughs> I don't know if he'd like that. No, no. I toss that badge to the side. Yeah, like, he would get it, get hand to him and be like, okay. I like it. I think it rolls off the tongue. Yeah, I mean the SpongeBob Bubble episode, Boy McMillan. Remember, remember the SpongeBob episode, the Bubble Boy, SpongeBob walking around with his no. All right. Anyway, how about we talk about the next player? <laughs> on the docket this week another wide receiver but here's where we're going to do a little bit of smuggling because i picked one player to give a badge to in the spirit of fairness here but in reality there were about three other players that could have gotten a badge from the same game from the same offense from multiple positions the badge that i'm handing out is the mr touchdown badge that is going to Adonai A.D. Mitchell. So A.D. Mitchell is a wide receiver at Texas. If you're unfamiliar, he transferred from Georgia. He missed most of last season with an ankle injury. So he transfers into Texas, and they had themselves a day against Alabama. I could have given this badge to <laughs> Quinn Ewers. Uh, how about that? You know, what, probably the best game we've seen out of Ewers thus far in his collegiate career. Really encouraging game for him. Could have given a badge even to Xavier Worthy, who had a really, really classic Xavier Worthy game. Yeah. Where he's got like three drops, but he also takes the top off a few times. And hell man i almost gave a badge to jatavion sanders you after our conversation last week i did i sent the text i made the pick and i changed my mind sanders had over 100 yards receiving in this game still some work to do as a blocker don't let this guy get <laughs> matched up against alabama edge rushers just saying um yeah, but please yeah please stop <laughs> yeah <laughs> Dallas Turner uh, kind of had his way on yeah. that fourth down play with Jatavion Sanders, just saying. But um, I'm giving the badge to A.D. Mitchell because I think this is a player we haven't talked about here yet. It's a player that I'm not even sure what to do with at this point just because he's such a weird case. Uh, you talk about size, 6'4", almost 200 pounds. 196 is what he's listed as. 
but he has legitimate speed. It is deadly. And you saw that on the second, he had two touchdowns in this game. The second of which he just completely takes the top off. He just gets past the safety in the blink of an eye. And before the guy can even react, he's already got about 10 yards of separation. So you talk about the size speed combination of this player, but we just haven't seen a lot of him. And we haven't, I don't think there's really a clear idea of what the ceiling is, what the, what the player is at the NFL level. But I give him the Mr. Touchdown badge, man, because the only thing this guy knows how to do is score touchdowns. He has six catches this year in two games, six catches, three touchdowns. We want to dial that all the way back. We can look at his entire collegiate career. He only has 44 career catches. Ten of them are touchdowns. Yep. He just knows how to win and how to get into the end zone. It's an exciting player, but he's definitely an enigma right now. Yeah, I, again, hadn't heard much about this player before you were like, I'm going to go with A.D. Mitchell. I was like, what are we talking about, you know? And then he popped him on, and it's like, oh, all right, this guy's kind of fun. And he, he left a little meat on the bone. He had one drop, so he could have had, you know, almost a 100-yard game if he catches that. It was good coverage. It wasn't like a straight drop. Um, but I'm the guy, like you said, he, he's got a knack for getting open. He can take the top off the defense. The the other touchdown that he had was a nice slant route, just straight up beating a corner one-on-one and had three, four yards of separation. It, it was clear the corner thought he had inside help. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean – also, yours did look really good against he a did. pretty solid Alabama defense. Oh, with yeah. A good secondary and, you know, some guys on the pass rush. So, this, you know, I don't know if I want to say it, but is Texas back? <laughs> <laughs> Do one little Twitter search on that. Yeah, you might, right. You're going to hear a lot from Longhorns <laughs> fans, but I mean, they just might be, man. Uh, if yours can play like this all year, they're back because that's a talented quarterback when he can when he can put it all together and he put it all together in this game. Last thing I'll say about AD Mitchell though is the three catches in this game. We mentioned the two touchdowns. The third catch was an awesome grab on the left sideline going over the top of the corner and making a really really nice contested catch as well. So flashes here and there of some skill and I'm excited to keep my eyes on this player, see if he can continue to develop into a potential, you know, high NFL draft pick potentially. And speaking of aesthetic, he looks cool. He does and look cool. <laughs> the the helmet, it's working. He's got like the the low helmet that comes down to like the eyebrows like CD Lamb has. And I, I don't know what it is, but it, it works, man. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, the all white, the white gloves, the white socks, the white cleats. Man, I like that. Let's talk about a player that's not a wide receiver. I, you know, talk about a non-wide receiver challenge in this 2024 class. Well, we got Trey Benson here. We're finally talking about him. Uh, I mean... You stole my badge name, I must say. 
we were on the same page here. No shit. Uh, so I'll I'll have to work. We're, we're well, gonna. Which one, Mister Touchdown? You actually, I wrote actually Mr. was Touchdown. Yes. Uh, I I mean, I mean that's we, impressive. Honestly, can we, get we the are same like really synced we're up. We're synced man. up here. And the reason I wanted to give Trey Benson the Mr. Touchdown badge is because he had nine carries and one in every three turned into touchdowns, which is just nuts. Uh, so, I mean, Florida State played Southern Miss, like you're talking about with Keon Coleman, and Coleman was not the only impact maker in that game. Trey Benson was doing his thing. I mean, last week he had, uh, again, a subpar performance, kind of like we were talking about with Marvin Harrison. And then he comes comes out in this game on a very low volume and puts up 79 yards and three touchdowns. And he was just getting loose play after play where he was busting through the line, he was breaking tackles with ease. And, I mean, man, he made it look really easy. And – you talked about him as your RB one of this class. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready for that, but I mean, with what we've seen out of the rest of the running back class, which is not much, uh, with Rocket Sanders being hurt, uh, Braylon Allen going through his ups and downs, uh, and I mean, Trey Benson is sitting right there, you know, waiting to be to have his number called to come to the top of the pedestal, be that number one running back. And he puts some performances like this. I wish they would give him the ball more, but in a game like this where you're, you know, running it up, you don't want to get your best players hurt. You don't want any chances like that. So uh, nine for 79, three touchdowns is good enough. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, so first of all, like last week, obviously the LSU game, he has 12 carries playing the entirety of the game. 3.9 yards per carry wasn't a great game for him this this week you know i said they play the starters for a half so he had nine carries and a half and you think okay right. well you know if they had played the whole game like i guess that's you know you're talking about a pretty decent workload here but i do wonder if like it, what what is the workload this year because it does seem like they are being conservative with him they're rotating backs in again like they did last year Treshawn Ward is gone at Kansas State uh, but they do have another player in there uh, whose name is escaping me right now but they've ro they're rotating these two backs in already this year so it seems like that's something that they want to do it's just, man, when Benson has the ball, it's just electric. And he, like 8.8 .8 yards per carry in this game with the three touchdowns, like you said. Talk about want to see him more involved in the pass game. Hasn't really happened thus far through two games, but he did have one catch in this game for 20 yards. So, I mean, he, he still looks like the same electric explosive athlete in the open field with the ball in his hands um just have to see about volume this year and how the, how they're going to use him yeah yeah and he is the team leader in carries he has 21 carries which is very few for the team leader but they spread the ball around like you said they, they have Lawrence Tofili and they have Rodney Hill who both are the 
tied for next behind Jordan Travis. Uh, so he also has the most yards on the team by far. He has doubled the next guy. So he is making the most out of the opportunities that he's given. Uh, but, and I mean, there's so much talent on this team to spread the ball around. You don't really like Florida state doesn't need to make him like a featured piece. Cause obviously what they're doing is working so far, but it would be nice to see what he could do with like 25 carries, you know? <laughs> Right. Well, hey, man, save the body. Get to the NFL. That's right. That's right. Then get your volume. I got to say, though, one of these touchdowns, I think it was the second one, might have been the third one. Keon Coleman. The, the made block. An unbelievable block yeah. about 40 yards downfield. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's an it, effort it, play. It created the touchdown. You so, love to see that. You love to see that. Yeah. You really do. He made the cut off of Keon Coleman's block like 30 yards downfield and ended up scoring because of that block. That's beautiful. Just it's good uh, football. Fires me up, man. Seeing it's these nice. top it's wide nice receivers when you blocking. see your wide receiver downfield putting in the work for his guy. You know, they're not all selfish divas, damn it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually a great segue to my next player because it's a player that I talked about last week. And I forgot to talk about the fact that he was throwing killer blocks himself last week. I'm going to give Trey Benson the rubber band man badge, by the way. I'm not going to do Mr. Touchdown. We're not going to double up on We're Mr. Not Touchdown? Double up. Oh, okay. I respect it. Okay. I respect it. Make him feel special. Make him feel <laughs> unique. I, I am on the border of Gen Z millennial. Yeah. So, you know, everybody <laughs> right. gets their own special. Yes. We're all winners here. Yes. Uh, my, my player, my next player, the one I just alluded to is Troy Franklin. So, I mean, we got some repeats. We got Keon Coleman coming back. We got Troy Franklin coming back. It just so happens that we have some really talented wide receivers in this class and they're showing up in big ways in the early parts of this season. Troy Franklin is a player that honestly, through two weeks, based on the tape that I've seen, he looks better and he's bigger. He is listed now at 187. If you remember when we talked about him in the summer last year, he was sub 180 with yeah. a 6'3 frame. So he's putting on mass. It's showing up. You can tell he looks bigger. He hasn't lost anything in terms of speed, though. This player, I mean, he really is a special combination of size and speed, in my opinion. You talk about an X wide receiver that can stretch the field and run routes off of that nine route, this is the sort of player that you think about because the first touchdown of this game and the first possession for Oregon, just killer release. They're playing Texas Tech, right? We talked about Portland State last week. We memed the team, whatever. They're, we're playing – we're into the Big 12 at least this week – the he destroyed the Texas Tech corner on that route. It was yeah. just a smooth little two-step inside release, and he had five yards of separation by the time the pass came from Knicks. It was right on the money, and he finished it. He outran him, finished easily. it off <laughs> easily. Yeah, like so we saw that last year with this player winning down the field as a bigger player, as a, you know, traditional X type wide receiver. Now you see him getting a little bit bigger. 
I saw some really nice routes outside of the go balls in this game. You see him setting it up. He had a really nice little curl route that he set up there. And then he, he made a really nice catch on a badly thrown ball by, by uh, Bo Nix as well, getting down into the dirt on a ball that was behind him coming up with it. So 103 yards in this one with two with one touchdown back-to-back 100-yard games to start the year up to three touchdowns already it's a breakout season for Troy Franklin and I think this was a top five wide receiver for me entering the year and I think right now it's it's only been better for him compared to last season yeah his inside release is nasty I mean the way that he gets gets even so fast with that corner and gets him off balance and then gets on top and the the quarterback's just like oh god what what's what just happened and then he can do whatever he wants from there and like you said on the go balls now you're just in a track race with troy franklin and that's a recipe where you're gonna lose and that's what the cornerback's thinking. He's like, God, I got to catch up. Like, this is a touchdown if I don't catch up. And then he can snap that off, turn it into a curl route. And the the cornerbacks, I mean, he's he's going. He's like, I'm not getting scored on here. So then Troy Franklin gets your extra five yards of separation. So, yeah, a couple of big play guys here with A.D. Mitchell and Troy Franklin that you're picking up here. Troy Franklin looking like a – a riser to say the least and that's what i was talking about at the beginning of the episode where it's like man this wide receiver class it's it's deep and these guys are big like we we have had a few classes in a row here where it's a lot of slot guys it's a lot of little guys a lot of guys that are sub six foot and now we're looking at a lot of guys that can play the x and that's Troy Franklin at 6'3". Uh, I mean, A.D. Mitchell, we you know don't know really the question mark, but he's 6'4", 200 pounds. Keon Coleman, 6'4", 215. Jalen McMillan, Romo Dunze are both over 6'6". Six, six, like, Jalen McMillan, 6'1". Odunze, 6'4". Uh, Marvin Harrison, 6'4". Like, these guys are big X receivers, and they are just, you know, it's going to be nice to get an injection into the NFL of these big I mean, freak athlete receivers because all these guys on top of it are insane. Like, I don't know how DBs do their job, man. <laughs> it's, it's a dream, man. When you are hashtag team big wide receivers, this is a fun one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last year was a little bit of a Xavier Worthy, get, get out of here. We yeah. don't want you. <laughs> yeah. A uh, lot, lot of talent. That's why Mario size, Williams of isn't, isn't in your top – isn't even near your top five. Yeah. Not even thinking about him. <laughs> no. That's funny. Um. All right. Well, we I'll stick up for the little guy. Yeah, stick up for the little guy. I get it. I get it. Let's talk about a not wide receiver again. Yeah. Here's a new name yeah. to the program. Like I said, I'm sticking up for the little guy, Devin Neal. So this is Kansas running back that you probably have seen one or two highlights if you're on, you know, the if college football is coming along your for you page, and he's got 214 yards on only 23 carries, good for nine yards per attempt. Uh, he did this against Illinois, and that's not a bad defense. You know, these Big Ten games, you watch them and they're slugfests. 
Well, Devin Neal made this team look like they were stuck in the mud. I mean, the he's so light on his feet, and he makes these cuts and doesn't lose any speed. Uh, he can catch the ball. He also had four catches for 47 yards. He had three catches for 25 yards last week. So this is a dynamic running back that I want to keep my eye on. Uh, this is Mr. Efficiency. That's the badge we're giving Devin Neal today. Uh, because every time he's touching the ball, he it seems like he's doing something special with it. It, it reminds me of like rookie Aaron Jones, where it's like every time he touches the ball, it'd be like six yards. And I'm like, man, give him the ball more. And that's how I feel about Devin Neal. I'm like, get this kid the ball, you know? He doesn't play anything like Aaron Jones. I'm not saying that. I'm talking strictly in terms of touches turning no. into production. Well, okay, but hold on a second. I'm laughing because do you remember the player that I compared to Aaron Jones last year? You compared Kendra Miller to Aaron Jones. I saw a little bit of Kendra Miller when I was watching right. Devin Neal. That's what I'm saying. Talk about a big 12 running back, 5'11", 210. I mean, he's a little bit smaller than Kendra. I think that shows up with a little bit of extra twitch and explosiveness that he has. Um, the speed, I mean, he got chased down on that one he run, did. and I was almost like, really? Like, yeah, I was like, what? I expected that one to be finished. So yeah. the long speed, maybe a question mark, but you talk about short area quickness with this player, it it's very impressive. And pass catching ability as well, like you mentioned. This is this is an interesting player. I was impressed with what I saw from him when in this game. So a name to certainly keep your eyes on. You remember Kendra Miller kind of emerged through the season, was not a guy we were talking about at this point last year. So maybe we have another one here out of the Big 12. Yeah, and he did get crushed twice in this game. <laughs> he got one where he fumbled, and it was a pretty bad fumble. Luckily, his uh, teammate had his back. But one on the sideline – after the catch, he caught a little uh, motion bubble jet, whatever you want to call it, and uh, ran up the sideline. And I don't know if it was a linebacker or a safety, but just came and took his head off <laughs> out of bounds. Uh, but outside of that, he was putting on the clinic. I mean, that was after a 15, 20-yard gain. So, you know, he wins the play. Uh, the linebacker gets a little piece to put on his highlight reel. But Devin Neal has been – nothing short of electric this season and you know he's putting this this Kansas team on his back a little bit I mean the quarterback has also been very good you know surprisingly good the Jayhawks in general have been surprisingly good the vibes are immaculate the jerseys I mean I don't know if you saw what they were wearing the oh, all black with the big logo on the helmet I mean I, I don't know where those came from uh but hello so uh, yeah, Jayhawks may be worth checking out. Uh, he also dropped a linebacker in this game. Just straight up, I mean, you know, Kyrie Irving circa 2014 put the guy on his ass. <laughs> he just, yeah. you know, so that that's the play where he got, got caught from behind. Uh, but, you know, yep. gets the highlight nonetheless. Yep, yep. Eight missed tackles forced in two games. Not He's bad. got not – you know, yards after contacts, not bad as well. I mean, it's kind of got everything that you're looking for. Except just volume. see, just give me yeah. some volume. Yeah, right. All right. Fun player. New name there to Camp are. Dynasty. Uh, 
how about a name that isn't new? <laughs> Should we talk about him again? Who? Who could you possibly be talking about? Um, I'm talking about a quarterback. Okay. I'm talking about a player from USC named Caleb Williams. All right. Because, I mean, listen, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to come back here every single week and talk about the same player week after week. But at this point, we have to start thinking about Caleb Williams chasing history and getting a badge every single week <laughs> at Camp Dynasty. <laughs> Uh, because he deserves it. I mean, just straight up, he deserves it. Uh, we, this game against Stanford. I mean, we talk about we talked about him for two weeks, week zero and the week one game, both against vastly inferior teams. Stanford also a vastly inferior team, but the name value means a little bit more, I guess. Like you see this matchup, and once upon a time, it would have been something to watch. Uh, no, Caleb Williams. I said last week, he's making things look too easy. Well, he's getting the too easy badge from me because this was way too easy for Caleb Williams in another game in which he only played a half because they just destroyed this team. I, <laughs> yeah, like he's played, I think. I literally think he's played eight quarters in three games. I think that's right. And I mean, 281 with three touchdowns in this game, 19 for 21, 90%. Adjusted completion percentage was 95%. And the throws, the throws. I mean, <laughs> there's three of them. Number one, the sidearm throw with the edge defender barreling down on him, just cool, calm, and collected, doesn't even move, just flicks the wrist, almost underhanded, not yeah. even sidearm. It's like he's skipping a stone at the park. Yeah, yeah, that's what it looked like. And it's like, okay, well, he's social media quarterback, blah, blah, <laughs> whatever, dude. Like, he completes the pass with pressure in his face like there was nobody even there. Yeah. Second pass. The touchdown to Dorian Singer, where he is scrambling. It's a signature Caleb Williams yep. play. He's scrambling. He's evading pressure. It, well, it was a three-man rush. They gave him all day to figure this out. He's moving around. He's working to the right, and he does the signature. I'm going to roll right, and I'm just going to deliver a dot to the back of the end zone. Dorian Singer brings it in for a touchdown, and then I got a cannon, too. How about 65 yards in the air to Brendan Rice in stride for a touchdown? I mean, that throw was stupid. Was ridiculous. Yeah. I the throw the the Brendan Rice touchdown especially he just dropped it out of orbit. Like that thing was hanging in the air. And Brendan Rice almost didn't come down with it. He bobbled it a little bit when he caught it. And it's like, man, don't ruin this for us. Because yeah. that was, I mean, good Lord. And that ended up being a 75-yard touchdown. And then he also, I mean, he had a rushing touchdown too where he just look, he just looks 
so much better than everybody else that it doesn't look like he's trying. On the touchdown run, he's not he's not running. He's not jogging. He's just like, you know, uh, let's see where I'm going to go. And he's kind of like you know, doing a little speed walk, and then he picks it up a little bit, and then he slows down again, and then he pops around his block, and then he trucks the guy into the end zone. It's like, okay, man, we get it. Like, you're the best quarterback by far, and you should get everything that you deserve, like a badge here on Camp Dynasty and eventually probably more prestigious awards from college football, hopefully. And hopefully we can see this US, USC team you know, in the college football playoff. But before that, you know, we get to watch USC Colorado. <laughs> that is going to be a treat. We've That's arrived at that being a must-see. Hell yeah. Must-see television. So that I mean, is something that I'm going to be tuning into later this September. I think it's September 30th uh, when they play each other. I'm going to check real quick. but I hope Colorado is still undefeated when that time comes because we deserve that <laughs> as fans. I, I want to say it's not going to go well for Colorado, but who am I to doubt yeah, them at this point? Don't doubt Deion Sanders, man. I mean, Shadur, who we're not talking about this week, but I'm going to talk about him now. Here's some more of that smuggling. Yep. He's he's legitimate. Yeah. Like we're talking about a player that based on what I've seen through two games, he's easily in the top five of this class in terms of quarterbacks already and with potential to move below this elite tier that we have at the top with Caleb Williams and Drake may he has all the tools to get to be that next quarterback that third quarterback in this class I he's got it all absolutely it's looking like a three-man race now like it was at one point it was Caleb Williams Drake may and now it seems like Shador has inserted his name to be that third name mentioned in the the conversation of who's going to be you know, the, the top guys taken in the 2024 draft. I mean, Shadur has made – I mean, the the things that he's doing is just flat-out impressive. And that's why September 30th is circled on the calendar. Time to be determined, but I, I can't wait. Same. It's going to be special. Well, that is our badge – presentation for week two a lot of talented players a lot of returning players making an impact early in the season but unfortunately every week has to come to this point in time in which we are not celebrating a player's performance we are picking up the phone for a player in college football because this is the call home And this week, unfortunately, I thought this was a pretty easy call to make because you come off of one week in which a player gets a badge playing against Buffalo. Then you move into a game against Washington State in which just about everything went wrong for the Wisconsin Badgers 
and specifically Braylon Allen, who is getting the call home this week after an abysmal performance against Washington State, uh, 29 yards rushing on – or no, I'm giving him too much credit. I'm thinking of 2.9 yards per carry yeah. on seven carries for 20 yards. He also did have another seven-target game in which he had six catches. So we're already up to 13, which ties his total from last season in two games, but only 11 yards on the six catches. So low-volume numbers in the passing game, very uncharacteristic and bad numbers in the run game. Is there any reason that we should read into this performance, Colin, as something that might mean something for Braylon Allen? I, so maybe there's something to worry a little bit about with the Wisconsin offense in general. It's a little disjointed. You know, we, we expected this new Luke Fickle era to start out, you know, hot from day one. And so far that has not happened. Uh, but, you know, maybe we just need to give it some time to fully form because, I mean, Braylon Allen showed us week one who he was and that he is still the guy. But this this game, I mean, it was bad, Ben. Like, it, it's not only the stat line, but he just – didn't look super engaged they're not giving him a ton of carries they're not giving him like workhorse type carries like they used to and maybe that's a good thing preserve the body a little bit but i mean you got a guy that's 6 to 245 still as i mean still a kid like uh, i've i've been in, asked a few times in school if i was born before or after 9 11 you know, we're recording this on 9-11, so that's been the topic. And, never forget. You know, never forget. And he was born in 2004, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, th this is a young, young player. And so I feel like you should be getting a little more than seven touches. Uh, well, seven carries, because he did get the, like you said, six receptions. Not turning that into much. I mean, seeing him get the targets is nice. But turning the, them into something matters more than just getting targets. Because six catches for 11 yards, it doesn't mean anything to me. I'm, right. Because, like, if you're just getting the ball thrown out to you in the flat and you're just getting tackled after you get a yard or two, that's not inspiring much for me. That's not telling me that you're a great pass catcher. It's not telling me that, you know. So – uh, I, that is the one thing that I would be, you know, have a little pause for is the, the pass catching, the inflated target numbers are not leading to inflated receiving numbers. Uh, but I wouldn't worry about them too much on the ground. I mean, it's just a bad game, which happens to anybody, but yeah, that the, the pass catching stuff is, you know, Oh wow. He's got 13 receptions already, you know, but I mean, what does it mean? Uh, doesn't seem like much so far. Yeah. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and press the panic button in week two after one bad performance for player that has posted 1,200 yards in back-to-back -back seasons, still 19 years old. You know, there's a lot of reasons to be excited about Braylon Allen, and we talked about it heading into the year. I mean, I think the one thing for me thus far this season is that 
I think we needed to see something out of a lot of the top running backs in this class. There weren't really any, you know, no doubters going into the year. And this became a big season for a lot of those players. And you talk about, you know, Rocket Sanders already dealing with an injury, Trey Benson still not getting a ton of, you know, volume. And now Braylon Allen has this wildly inefficient and bad game and a terrible loss. I mean, I don't think we've really answered a lot of the questions. I mean, even Travion Henderson, who looks like the explosive player that we thought he was after his freshman year, it looks like he has the juice back. They're just not giving him the ball. Like it was another five carry week for him. I think a lot of these backs were still figuring out, you know, who they are and how they fit into this class and weeks like this, it makes it really easy to sit here and say, well, okay, you know, what the hell is that? But it's week two. It's a new scheme. They're figuring it out. It's a bad loss. But, you know, in terms of the player, in terms of his, you know, path and his journey as an NFL, you know, draft prospect, I'm not, I'm not reading too far into this one yet. But we'll make the call. We'll make yeah, the call. Absolutely. I'm not going to hit the panic button. Yeah. But I just want to, you know, let let them know that we don't want this to happen again. Yeah. Work for Marvin, right? Just disappointed. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> just disappointed. <laughs> All right. Well, we don't have to end on bad news this week. No, we don't. We get to end on some very good news. It's the long-awaited all-grown-up segment. If you were with camp dynasty last year this may be a little bit of a refresher for you we used to do something here called campfire stories in which we gathered around the campfire talked about random things i still am not entirely sure as to what the purpose of the (laughs) segment was but it got me thinking colin we're getting into fall here second week of september I want to get around the campfire again. I want to fire it up and I want to sit here and I want to recollect about the campers of old. And so that's what we're going to do here. It's time for All Grown Up. I am so happy that we get to go back i mean the when we talked about what camp dynasty was going to be we talked about being able to to get through one year get through two years whatever and go back and and look at the guys that we had talked about for a full season and uh if you were with us through all last year and through the off season, then you would have seen our season finale in which we did our 2023 draft, the Camp Dynasty draft. And we expanded that a little bit because we realized we wanted it to be a little more like fantasy. You know, we, we had a little brain. I got players session. out in the lineup. That's right. I don't want that. You and me both. So... Uh, we we decided to pick up some bench guys and and make it a little more competitive so we weren't just playing each other week uh, week in and week out but man we got some we got 2023 20, rookies with points on the board 
Let's talk about it, man. Let's do it. I got the fire going. It's nice and toasty in it here. Is. Might grab the bag of Jif. Fire up a marshmallow good. here quickly. The bag but of Jif? That's the marshmallow brand, right? I I know that as a peanut butter brand. Who makes marshmallows? Uh, What's that white Jet bag? Puff? <laughs> I'm looking up marshmallow brands. I think right Jet now. Puffed is like the the main brand of marshmallows. Uh, you sure, Jif didn't get in on that market. I, I think they had like a marshmallow. <laughs> no, fluff. I'm definitely thinking of Jet Puff. <laughs> All right, I got, got my bag, bag of, Jet of Puff. peanut butter. I got my yeah, I got my bag of peanut butter. I got my Jet Puff ready to go. So there, we we could sit here and talk about these players for the next hour and a half. Unfortunately, we don't have that sort of time. <laughs> That's what we're going to do once the pod is off. We're just yeah. going to keep going. Yeah, we're going to keep the fire lit. We're going to keep talking. But in the interest of not doing that, <laughs> uh, we're going to just talk about a handful of players. This is not an all-inclusive list of, our, of the campers of old, guys that have went through that looked good in week one even. I mean uh, – Hitting on the highlights, and there's nowhere else to start than Bijan Robinson. That's where it all started one year ago, and he is the face of Camp Dynasty as far as I'm concerned. And honestly, it's a tale of two games for Bijan. Game number one, he looks like a freak. Yeah. He looks like the number one pick easily, looks like the chosen one. His first NFL touchdown was a signature Bijan run in which he just morphed his leg into an elastic piece of rubber and (laughs) scored. Uh, But the other side of it is that he plays for the Falcons and the Falcons are going to Falcons and Tyler Algier will get a sizable workload once again in 2023. Yes. Uh, So Bijan... You know, we talk about it a lot where we are like, well, you know, both guys can play. And they, they talk about like, oh, this guy can, you know, this running back can play wide receiver. Well, Bijan actually did. He, he took a lot of snaps as a slot receiver. Ended up with seven targets and seven catches on one of those catches. Like you said, turned it into a touchdown where... I mean, he just completely eliminated one person and then, you know, split two other defenders. And he did have the other big run. But unfortunately, he had a had zero attempts inside the five-yard line. And Tyler Algier had 100% of those snaps. Uh, so that turned into two touchdowns on the ground for Tyler Algier, even if Bijan got him all the way down there. Uh, with an incredible run where he made a few guys miss. I mean, uh, another thing, Bijan had an 82% route participation, which is just absurd, especially if you have him in a PPR league. I mean, that is what you're looking for. But it would be great if he could get some inside the five-yard touches. But regardless, he looked excellent. It's what you're looking for. And eventually... Well, I don't want to say this because I don't know if it's actually true, but it feels like they're going to have no choice but to play him, but that might not be true. Well, so that's the thing. We're going to talk about another player very shortly here. Rookie usage in week one, week two, week three. You know, like, it's not 
we can't expect that these guys are going to be on the field 100% of the time, getting all the touches from the very second they step on the field, even if it's warranted, which in the case of Bijan, it feels like it just might be warranted that he gets all the work already. But it's just not how it works. And, I mean, you got to hope, man, but the Falcons are going to prove to everybody once again Arthur Smith does, does not, not give a damn about your fantasy team. He does not give a damn about anything other than winning football games. That's what they did this week against the Panthers. They won the game. It didn't look the matters. way that anybody wanted yeah. to pl- anybody wanted it to. Drake London, hello. Can we get one? <laughs> Can we get one? Kyle Pitts led the team in receptions, forty or in yards. Only 44. That's right. That's how it's going to look in Atlanta, unfortunately. I think we all might have to deal with the reality that is Bijan being in the weirdest fantasy situation in the league. Yep. But uh, let's talk about his running back counterpart, Jameer Gibbs, because that was the talk of night one of the NFL season. I mean, there's a whole rabbit hole we can go down here with Gibbs and the discourse about usage and all of this stuff i think the fact of the matter is that the point i just made is how it works and you're not going to get especially a player like gibbs you're not going to get that player getting 100 percent of the carries in his first game in the nfl it doesn't matter how good he looks and he looked good yep i mean he looked more than good like yeah every single touch was electric and that's why people are disappointed and that's why people are like clamoring for more jameer gibbs because every time he touched the ball it was like oh man he just made three people miss and got an extra six yards or he just you know he's so slippery and he looks like a stronger runner than i expected him to look in the nfl because you know he didn't he often didn't have to show off that kind of you know the the power because he's outrunning everybody. But, I mean, when he has to, it, it looks great. And so I think he looked fantastic in this game. And, I, you know, Dan Campbell said he wanted to give him a taste before he gives him, you know, the full experience or whatever, whatever the Dan Campbell said. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited to see if he can grow more of a role, which I'm expecting he will, like Bijan. I'm, I'm sure he'll earn more touches and more snaps and all that. Uh, and I don't think he's going to end up in the doghouse like DeAndre Swift. Yeah. No. God, no. <laughs> uh, led all runners in the NFL in week one in missed tackles forced with six. And that was on seven carries and two catches. So it's a pretty good look at the type of player that he is the playmaker that he is and a player that we can certainly expect will get more and more involved as the season goes on. Yep. Um, the quarterbacks. Yeah. Colin, let's talk about the quarterbacks because we had a nice little group of them. We've talked a lot about the 2024 quarterbacks thus far on camp dynasty because it's a very exciting group. 2023 bunch. Interesting week. And maybe not what anybody would have expected out of week one. 
No, I so uh we got Anthony Richardson, we got Bryce Young, we got CJ Stroud. Those are the, the three of note. And it it was definitely interesting because Bryce Young he looked good, but it was also I mean, the playmakers on that Panthers team are not doing much to help them out. Like it it's kind of concerning because that could become an issue where he's got to hold the ball a little longer. He also threw a horrible pick, and then he threw it again later in the game where he's trying to look off Jesse Bates, and Jesse Bates is like, you're not convincing me, and just bears down on it and picks him off twice on a dig road. Uh, and then Stroud, I mean, similar story where he doesn't have a ton of weapons there. I mean... It's Nico Collins and Robert Woods that are leading that team in receiving, which is not great. I know you're hey, a Nico Collins whoa. guy. I know you are. Slow and down, he had a good man. game. But, I mean, with the caliber of wide receivers that are in the league, those are not uh, two of the top insert number here. So Bryce Young's a bust, right? Yeah, it's over for both of those guys, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Shroud didn't have a touchdown pass, so I think it's over. Young, two picks, way, way over. Just the careers are over. At least that's what Twitter would let let you believe. But, that's right. Um, surprisingly enough, Colin, I think the best quarterback, rookie quarterback performance from week one belongs to the player that I wasn't even sure should start week one of his NFL career, and that's Anthony Richardson, who went toe-to-toe with Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars and had himself a nice little debut. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know if he should start this this week one, uh, but Shane Steichen made his life really easy because he threw every ball to the right side of the field on half-field reads. I mean, if you look at the – I don't know what they call it in football, but it, it's a shot chart to me. And it's all green dots on the right half of the field, and there's like four green dots on the left side of the field, and then an interception over there. So, uh, I mean, he looked solid passing the ball. He didn't look exceptional, but that's not what we expected. Uh, a lot of the balls were around the line of scrimmage, and him, I mean, running the ball, he is just an animal. And that's what got him in trouble. That's what got him injured late in the game because. He wanted to get into that end zone, and he ended up tweaking uh, ankle, knee, but it wasn't a serious injury. Uh, but he did get in the end zone once on the ground and once through the air on a low screen pass where Michael Pittman did most of the work, but, you know, it counts for both of them at the end of the day. We had a lot of talented wide receivers in camp last year. We spent a lot of time talking about the guys jordan addison say flowers jsn quentin johnston and yet coming out of week one there is one wide receiver rookie that we're talking about more than anybody and it is a name that never really got serious run on camp dynasty he made you know we talked about him through the process the postseason process maybe a little bit leading up to the draft Puka Nakua, a fifth-round draft pick for the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, I got to say, though, like, you you watch the game, and you're kind of like, 
that's that's what he did at BYU. Yeah. That's what he looked like at BYU. And I, I think it's when you see a player get drafted in the fifth round, especially to a bad team, you're. it's hard for me to get excited about it on principle. And he was one of the camp darlings, and he was getting a lot of buzz. And if you're playing fantasy on Sleeper, you saw the name in, like, the most whatever popular yeah, ads trending. list, the trending ads list, whatever. If you picked him up, congratulations. If you drafted him in your rookie drafts, you know, even better. Uh, good on you because it was an amazing debut. One of the best debuts that a rookie wide receiver has ever had uh, in, you know, recent history and in, in, in the modern era of the NFL. And, uh, I mean, like I said, man, it was like – it was kind of vintage. It was like tough catches over the yeah. middle – Nice stuff on the sidelines, highlight reel catch on the sidelines. Like, this is all stuff he put on tape last year. It's just I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, oh, I knew this was coming because yeah. I certainly did not. Yeah, I, I just pulled up my big board from 2023. I have him ranked 46th as my wide receiver 19th. Yeah. So that that is me being as transparent as possible. Uh, but I also drafted him in a league. so You, you know, did. I'm feeling pretty good. You sure did. And I, you know, I comped him to, to, you know, a Robert Woods type player, which is why I thought uh, the Rams would like him. Turns out he's Cooper Cup. So, you know, here we are. (laughs) But, yeah, 15 targets, 10 receptions, 119 yards. He epitomized the phrase of, like, somebody has to catch passes. And it ended up being Puka Nakua week one against Seattle. Yeah, and Stafford trusts him. Yeah. I mean, I think we're in for more of the same as long as, at least as long as Cup is out. Do but. I put him in the lineup over Devontae Smith? That's well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about one final camper, 2023 camper, who made a big impact in his NFL debut. We didn't give out an IDP badge this week, but just remember – Defensive players are people too, and we're not going to sneak out of this show without talking about the IDP from last season, Will Anderson Jr., because he had a phenomenal debut. He had, I mean, you talk about the Houston Texans and what they're building there with D'Amico Ryans, and this was the first you know, cornerstone. They bring him in, they make the trade, they bring in the quarterback, and Will Anderson, I mean, first game, five total pressures with a sack for will anderson just about as good as it gets getting your feet wet in the nfl that's right he had six pressures in this game which is tied for first uh since 2019 and that's tied with nick bosa josh allen ahead of chase young uh so this is a dominant performance from a player that we've been I mean, pining for since day one of this podcast. I mean, we've been talking about this guy uh, as the the next coming and the next best pass rusher, and he just put on a dominant performance, six tackles, one sack, six pressures also. So should be a lot more of this to come. I was a little worried about, you know, him getting just all of the focus on him. Doesn't matter. Still going to get it done. (laughs) Legend. That's right. He's a legend. All right, that's just a small taste, man, of the action 
that our 2023 campers had this week in the NFL. We will have a chance to talk about a lot more of these guys, guys we haven't even touched on at all as the season progresses. But it was really fun to bring them back in for a little while. You just you can't let them go, man. You see them grow up. They grow up too fast. We got to bring them back in <laughs> true. real quick. But uh, It's good to see them again. It was. It was. All right. Well, if you enjoyed the reunion of some of the 2023 campers and the week two breakdown here at Camp Dynasty, be sure to find us on X at Camp underscore Dynasty. And uh, what else are we on? We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram, Camp underscore Dynasty. We're on TikTok, Camp Dot Dynasty. We're on YouTube, right. Camp Dynasty. Uh, we're on Threads, Camp underscore Dynasty. I mean, anywhere that you can have a social media handle, uh, we are there. And just hit us up. That's hit right. us up wherever you feel comfortable. We'd like to hear your opinions on the college football season thus far and the beginning of the 2023 campers NFL careers. It's a very exciting time in the world with lots and lots of football. The NFL is here to stay for the next few months. Really, really pumped about that. We are back. Uh, we, we, we are back as they, as they're saying, we are confirmed to be back here in the midst of football season. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, of course, like subscribe, rate review, share the podcast as well we appreciate that very much and for us it's on to week three colin that's right we'll see you next week we will we will see you next week i'm getting a little toasty with the campfire am, tonight it's a little warm early that. september man we're not quite there yet that's we're right. getting to the fall vibes I need but to go you know go into the woods and yeah. myself and come back <laughs> all right Thanks for stopping by Camp Dynasty this week, and we'll see you next week.